You're listening to the Art Problems Podcast, episode 48. I'm your host, Patty Johnson. This is the podcast where we talk about how to get more shows, grants, and residencies. And before I start today's podcast, I want to begin by wishing everybody a happy Valentine's Day, even if you're listening to this podcast after Valentine's Day. I know that a lot of you dislike the day, and probably for different reasons. One is that it's a made-up holiday, so there's that. You know, for me, I think the day used to trigger a lot of fears that I had to do with rejection. So when I was a kid, you know, I worried that nobody would give me cards. Then when I was single, I worried that no one would love me. When I wasn't single, I worried that nobody would love me enough, you know? I feel like my anxiety takes different forms now, but if this day sets off any of those triggers, and even if it doesn't, you know, I just want to begin by saying that I'm thinking of you and I send my love to you. And I'm telling you this because I want you to feel cared for but also because I think it's a good entry point into the subject of connection and also (laughs) relatedly newsletters, which is going to be something we're talking about a little bit more in depth. It's something that we all need to feel. Connection is something that we all need to feel. And what makes the art world, you know, so difficult to navigate is that it's practically built on a model of exclusion and exclusivity. At pretty much every turn, you have to navigate rejection. And that's because to build a career, you need to constantly ask people for things even if it's indirectly. So you need to invite people to your studio. You need to submit work for review for shows and residencies and grants and all of that. You need to position yourself so that you can have shows offered to you. And sometimes that means directly asking for them. And even at a very basic level, you need to ask people for their emails. The starting point for pretty much any connection is email. And yes, you can DM people over Instagram. I don't want to diminish that. But a lot of times those DMs get lost because there's not really a good search mechanism in there. You may be talking to people you don't know that well. So for most planning, you're going to spend time on email. But what happens when you don't have anybody's email? How do you connect with people so that you can email them? How can you build a mailing list when you're starting completely from scratch? So we have curriculum that goes into this process in greater depth inside the network membership, but I wanted to spend a little bit of time discussing it here so that you have an overall sense of what's involved. So the first thing to know about building a mailing list is that it is a very long process. And by long process, I mean it is something that will take you the course of your career. It is something you are continually building. And you want those emails because when you have them, you own them. These aren't like fleeting social media followers that can become worthless when a billionaire decides to buy the social media company. Let's just say as a random example, they have value to you because you have control over them. And I mention this by this, I mean the process of building a mailing list. Because if you're just starting out with a mailing list, it is going to be very small. And usually... That means it's going to be less than 100 people, and it could be less than 50. You're going to search for your contacts in Gmail, and then ask those contacts if they want to be added to your mailing list. And that's your starting point. And you do need to ask for your contacts permission, even if they are your friends, even if they are family. 
this is the law, but also you do not want anyone on your list who didn't ask to be there. And one thing that happens when you have a bunch of people on a mailing list who didn't ask to be there is they won't open your email. And what happens is that Gmail will see that they aren't opening the emails and then deprioritize the email. It'll go to promotions or regular mail or worse, spam. You don't want that. And this is why I want to remind you that when people unsubscribe, and people always will, that is a good thing. People unsubscribe for a lot of reasons. They may like to hear from you in a different medium, or they've made a career change, or they're no longer interested in what you do. Whatever the case is, that is fine. Even if they are a dealer or curator, let them go. If they aren't interested in getting your emails, keeping them on a list is going to impact the people who do want to hear from you, and you don't want that. So getting back to the subject of just getting started with a mailing list, though, and having a small mailing list, a mailing list of 25 people is still a mailing list. And if you have a mailing list of 25 people, one of those people on the mailing list, let's say they buy a piece from you that's worth $8,000, that mailing list is suddenly worth $8,000 to you, right? So the size of your mailing list doesn't matter. It's what you do with it. And the 25 people that you have on your list or whatever that number is, it's a great mailing list because all of those people have explicitly said that they want to hear directly from you. So if you wanna build on whatever base you have, You can build that mailing list by asking your Instagram followers. Let's say you do that in a story or a post. You just ask them if they want to join. Usually you can do this and you say like, I'm going to send out a mailer soon. Do you want to be on the mailing list? You'll get a couple of emails that way. If you're not used to asking people, it might take a couple of asks because people aren't used to talking to you. They have to get used to being in conversation with you. You can also organize an event and use software like Eventbrite that requests a mailing list opt-in. So that way, when they RSVP, you have their name and you can use that as a mailing list signup. You can also use a mailing list signup at exhibition openings. And you can ask people if they want to be added to your mailing list when you see them at shows. Now, I've just listed about five different ways that you can get people on your mailing list. The point is not that you need to execute every single one of them because you don't. I think the point here is to figure out which options work the best for you and then do them. I mean, I personally, when I go out to shows, I'm not asking people to be on my mailing list. For me, I find that awkward. But I know artists who do that and are able to do it easily. You know, it comes naturally to them. So if you're one of those people, then go to it. Like that's what works for you. Now, lastly, there are a bunch of little strategies that you can use to invite people to sign up without necessarily directly asking them. So a good example of this is you can add a newsletter sign up to your email signature. That way, anytime anybody sees you send an email, they have the option to sign up for your mailing list. Now you need to use a mailing list service for that, but you can do that. And you know, I think that for most artists, a mailing list service is going to be good 
for whatever it is you're doing. Now, I think there's some debate on that because I know some artists prefer to batch uh, bulk send in Gmail. That is definitely a way to do that. You can't do things like have the newsletter sign up in your email signature. Now, when you send a newsletter out, you can also put a mailing list sign up in the footer. And that's for people who are receiving your emails as forward. So a lot of times somebody might say to their friend, hey, do you want to come to this opening with me? And they'll forward the email. And then you have the sign up for your mailing list right there. So that's a way to get people to sign up. Now, the last thing I want to talk about is what's called a lead magnet. Basically, that is a free downloadable incentive for joining your mailing list. Now, I'm going to offer the disclaimer here that this isn't for everyone. For example, the average artist seeking gallery representation won't use a practice like this because the expectation is that the gallery will do it for you. Now, a lot of times what I see artists do is they'll have a pop-up on their website that'll just ask people to sign up for their mailing list. And sometimes they'll have the downloadable incentive that way. I personally do not care for pop-ups. I don't think they work. And they don't work because they are annoying and people are so used to closing the pop-up that they don't even read the message. So I would encourage you to just avoid that. If you're already selling directly out of your studio or whatever the download is conceptually aligns with the studio work you're making already, this is something you can do. The freebie, this is free downloadable incentive, the freebie, it should be something that doesn't cost you anything to deliver. For example, you could offer like desktop wallpaper using your art or a screensaver using your art or an image formatted for a standard printer that they could just print out. Now, if somebody is giving you their email address, that's a relatively small commitment, right? So you want the exchange of value to be equal in return. So that means that you're not giving them a lot. They don't want that. You know, it's like, you know, at Christmas when you're giving gifts and you get this gift that's really small from somebody, but you don't realize that it was going to be really small and you have this giant gift that you gave them and it's really awkward. You, with email exchange, you have the benefit of knowing what the exchange is in advance. So you want the value to be equal. The person that is signing up for their freebie doesn't want anything big. So, you know, don't promise to send them a painting for their email or something. I've actually not seen that. So I wouldn't worry about it too much, but I have seen things that actually cost, like they're small things. The reason that I love screensavers is because you can give subscribers instructions on how to set them up and then they see your art every day. And I can't think of a better way of getting somebody really invested in what you make by helping them make a screensaver. Separately, I'd like to discourage any kind of gamification to get people to join your list. And now this is something that I don't see a lot, but I have seen it. So just bear with me here. This is basically a gamification example might be a contest asking people to sign up for your mailing list. And maybe you'll do a draw from the signups and one person will win a drawing or a painting like that. So that's an example. You'll get people on the list for sure 
if you do something like this, but they're joining the list because they want to win a thing. They don't necessarily have any interest, like sustained interest in your work. And that's bad because that means they'll get on your mailing list and then they won't open your emails. And that does have an impact on your deliver deliverability. <laughs> Sorry about that. Sometimes pronunciation of words can be a challenge. Anyway, in pretty much all cases, the way to cultivate connection is by calibrating your approach and responses in response to the depth of the relationship. So if you don't have a deep relationship with a person, you usually want to begin with some relatively low commitment exchange. If your work is a perfect match for a show up currently at a gallery, then you can introduce yourself and ask for more. I guess what I'm saying here is that within the rules of engagement, there are always exceptions. And so one of the jobs that you have is to figure out when you have an exception and when you can you know, test some of those rules and push a little bit further than you might normally. And when you can't, the rule of thumb is less about the length of the relationship, but the depth of connection between the work you make, what the other person wants. So sometimes that's going to be immediately apparent. Most times you're going to need to start slow and work from there. And that is why email is such a great medium because a mass mailer, even though it's a little impersonal, can be followed up with personalized messages. And when you do that, you're going to find that your inbox just explodes with connection and, dare I say it, love. All right. That's all for me. I love you all. Thank you for listening. If you like the show, please leave a review and share it with a friend. It really helps get that valuable information out to more artists just like you. You can find all of the names and the links that we reference in this conversation at workshop.art slash podcast.